All right, so I'm here today with Annie Dunhoff, who's created Enga Unite, which is a program for people who want to learn to improve their communication as a yoga teacher, particularly people who come from a foreign language, wanting to learn to improve their English as a yoga teacher and Sanskrit as well is weaved in there, I'm sure as well. Uh, but we'll be working together on her summit coming up soon. So I'll have the link in the podcast description for that. And she has a great free uh, thing you can check out on her website to kind of clarify what is your style of teaching and help you find your voice. So we're going to get into all that today on this episode of the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. So welcome, Annie. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor. Awesome. Uh, so Annie also has a great podcast herself that you can check out. Uh, what's the name of the podcast again? It's called Your Yoga in English. Great. And uh, just tell us a little bit about how you came to this point of like your own journey of wanting to improve your own uh, skills as a yoga teacher and why you created this. Mm -hmm. um, I think as for many yoga teachers, they end up doing something or focus their work on something that they struggle with themselves. And I was an English teacher before I was a yoga teacher. But when I did my teacher training, I realized that a lot of the language that came up in training wasn't something that I spoke about on a daily basis. So I really struggled in terms of remembering and memorizing anatomy, maybe things to do with philosophy, a lot of yogic phrases that I never really heard of before. Um, and then out of teacher training, I started teaching my English students and realized that they weren't equipped with that language either. They didn't understand what was going on in the class because what I taught them in a general class was super different from what we spoke about in the yoga class. So I wrote then the English for Yoga course, a very general basic language course for yoga. But to that course, we only had teachers showing up. So I thought, well, I have to change the focus a little bit and now write everything for yoga teachers so that they can also teach yoga in English. So that's the journey of it. <laughs> awesome. So you've got a background in just teaching language. And I remember hearing on your podcast that you've been like a student of language throughout your life and learned lots of different languages. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of mandatory when you're from the Netherlands because no one speaks your language. <laughs> so in school, you're automatically, it's like part of the system taught English, German, French, sometimes Spanish as well. And I think a lot with younger generations. But as I started traveling very young, I also learned Spanish myself. And then now I'm learning Portuguese and I really want to take up Italian. So yeah, very passionate about it. Yeah. What are what have you found working with your students are some of the common like the biggest mistakes that they're making in trying to communicate? Uh, let's, let's say just in general for yoga teachers, and then you could say specifically to people learning uh, English through yoga and with yoga. Yeah, um, mistakes. I think there are two types of different mistakes, like practical practical mistakes when you're speaking or teaching but also a lot of fears and limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And when I speak about fears, it's often that people are being judged on their accent or their ability to understand and follow everything, um, which then causes them to not practice at all or stay away from it. So I think that is a big mistake. 
And then in terms of teaching, I think that most teachers overcomplicate the, the way that they communicate, communicate in class. And this is with native speakers too, like using ING forms or hypothetical ways of speaking. Like metaphors can be really great, but also very complicated, especially if you're teaching people that don't speak English as a first language. So I would say fear of an accent and overcomplicating language. Yeah, and I really like, uh, yeah, I think your accent is very pleasing to listen to. And yeah. I've worked with a lot of uh, like Australian students or Danish, uh, I'm working with teachers who are improving their teaching and they happen to be from a different country, have a different accent. And I've heard that a lot where they're like self-conscious about their voice because maybe they're used to hearing me or other American speakers. But I always have this response of like, I, I think it sounds great. Like I have no judgment about the accent. And as long as the communication is clear and the actual cueing and everything, uh, then the voice, as long as it's like a, you know, uh, intentional voice, not just like mm -hmm. yelling or loud or anything. But that's something I've noticed a lot is that uh, people who are kind of self-conscious about their voice from a non-American background, at least that I've worked with, uh, actually have great voices. And it's, uh, is there anything that you found is helpful for people kind of overcoming that insecurity or self-doubt in that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really great asset because it makes you stand out from other teachers because you simply, do, you don't sound the same. Um, I think one tip of advice or maybe something to work with is to embody the fact that if you have a foreign accent, it really is a sign of bravery because it shows that you're putting in a lot of work and efforts to learning a language and making yourself understood, communicating with people that don't speak the same language as you do. So it's really, uh, it really shows like people skills and social skills that you have or the willingness to develop them. Um, apart from that, I would also say to focus on mindful pronunciation instead so that whenever you're speaking and what it is that you're speaking about is like you said, with intention and clarity, because there are so many different accents all over the world. And especially when it comes to English, because it's not only spoken in America and the United Kingdom, but it's in Africa and in the Caribbean and all over the world in India, there's so many different accents. So I would say embrace it embrace it see it as a, a sign of bravery and also take it as a strength or something that makes you stand out from other teachers yeah that's it's true and uh, especially if the only teachers at the studio are americans when somebody does have a different background it provides a different perspective and just sometimes it's like uh creates this different sense of place and environment of like yoga is a special experience uh, working with somebody from like a different background or different accent because it has uh, just the yoga practice itself is like a special unique container that's sort of outside of the normal daily routine mm -hmm. so like I've worked with uh, Spanish-speaking teachers or native Spanish-speaking teachers who have like a Spanish accent and something about that it creates a sort of specialness i've experienced in going to their class yeah absolutely. absolutely yeah so then as far as the actual skill of teaching uh what 
are some of the things that you find really helpful? Like if you had to just share one thing in particular that somebody could start practicing that maybe they're not aware of now, like maybe it's the ING words or maybe mm -hmm. the way of using metaphors that is more helpful. What have you, what's one thing you would like to share with people here? Oh, that's a very difficult question because there's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for most, it starts with unlearning ING. And that is really because in our day-to-day -day conversations, it's something that we use all the time and also something you hear around you. So it's very easy that you have picked up on it and don't really, you're not even aware of the way that you're speaking. Um, but in a yoga class, I think it's really important that we stay present and that the way that we cue is very active so that people can actually do or follow up on the guidance and the support that you're giving without just describing what is happening. And especially if you're working with people that also don't speak English as their first language, it might be that they don't even understand that cue because they don't get an instruction or an action that they need to take in the moment that you're cueing or instructing them. So yeah, unlearning ING, first of all. And it's very easy. It's very easy to make your cues active. It's just something to be aware of. Yeah, and I've worked with some students and teacher trainings on this. And uh, for some people, it is it's a very difficult habit to break because you'll, yeah. you'll just say like moving your arms up or raising your arms, folding forward, stepping back. Uh, and But once you become aware of it, it's very hard to not notice it. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, so as I mentioned, uh, Annie has a podcast and that there's some great episodes in there about cueing and some specific techniques as well. So definitely recommend checking that out and you will be doing a summit coming up soon that I'll be a part of and I'd love to hear anything you'd like to share about the summit coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited about it and I'm super grateful that you're joining too. Um, so it's the International Yoga Teacher Summit, and we'll be helping people that live all over the world that want to start uh, an international career. So whether you want to teach online or if you actually want to travel abroad and maybe host retreats or workshops at specific centers that are not in your country, how you go around doing that. So it's focused on getting yourself out there as a teacher, creating your network and starting collaborations, but also improving your skills to teach internationally. And that really means that you become aware of cultural differences and the way that you interact with other people from other countries in a yoga classroom, because this is different all over the world as well. So it's very broad, but really giving you like a solid foundation to start an international career. And what have been some of the things that have helped you be able to do that? Because I've seen you've been featured in a lot of places. You've been, uh, you've grown your business a lot. So what have been some of the things that you found that helped you get to that place? Um, I think the very first thing is becoming very clear on my purpose and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to share. Because I think that everyone has something that they want to share Otherwise, you probably won't become a yoga teacher. There's something in you that you feel like an urge or a need to share that with other people around the world. Um, so when I became very clear on my purpose, I think limiting beliefs and uh, self-doubt were things I had to overcome 
but reminding myself of my purpose and my purpose was helping other people to teach yoga and English to to actually go for it and not letting myself let, let myself hold back by the thoughts or the doubts or the insecurities that showed up in the beginning and just going for it reminding yourself of your purpose yeah yeah it's an interesting thing like I'm working with some teachers right now of like Try, they're kind of honing in on like should I focus on teaching these kind of students or those kind of students or this way of teaching or that way of teaching and I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with I certainly struggled with that earlier on of like what to focus on as a teacher mm -hmm. what approach well first it was just figuring out I wanted to be a yoga teacher and then figuring out exactly how to approach that so what was that process like for you of clarifying like oh it's international teachers it's language how did you know it was that direction to go like that was your purpose yeah um well I think because I was already working as an English teacher the people I work with mostly came from different backgrounds um, at that moment I was working in Edinburgh in Scotland um, and we had a lot of students from Italy, from Spain, from France, but also Central and South America. And because I traveled a lot, I really liked being surrounded by people from different cultures. So maybe that's one thing that made it clear already that I wanted to stay in that kind of energy or um, type of interaction with people. And then afterwards, um, I took a business coach and they really, really helped me to become even clearer and to, to become clear on my mission and the vision and the purpose and the things that you want to share. So I definitely didn't do it alone. I had some help with it. Um, and I think that's what we all need as yoga teachers. You can't, and everyone in the world, we always have to maybe speak to people, work with people to gain that clarity. Um, but lots of journaling, lots of really that checking in with your feelings, with, with the, your, your gut feeling of what really lights me up and what do I really want to do for the foreseeable future? Because I think many people as well are very impatient and they think that I'm going to do this right now, but don't see it as like a long life or a life journey to doing that forever. Yeah. And that's part of what you offer in your programs to that sort of coaching and support and guidance uh, that we all need. It's, it's interesting, like think about essentially the teacher to student relationship is the only reason that we're even here having this conversation because of some teacher we worked with and they worked with. And it's like, if you take away having a teacher, there's really no more yoga in the world mm -hmm. uh, and I think sometimes as yoga teachers that can we can forget that if we kind of get out on our own path and get out of teacher training kind of go out and maybe you worked with a mentor but now you're kind of doing more your own thing you can start to lose touch of that and I've seen that sometimes with people you kind of forget that the teacher to student relationship is so important in how we continue to grow in aspects of now the business and the marketing and the communication and the nuance of the teaching, uh, right? It's, I don't know if you ever thought about that kind of thing, how it's like so connected. Our teachers kind of created who we are, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the whole idea of yoga as well, because it's always been passed on from teacher to student and that student becomes a teacher and they have their students. So it's 
I wouldn't say it's a vicious cycle, but we do, it's an ongoing journey. And it's something that you, you are in lifelong, especially if you want to advance in your yoga practice or your understanding of yoga. And it's not something that you can experience alone because there are always more things to discover. And I think that your self-practice is super important, but the, the, um, like the inspiration and ideas and new perspectives and insights that you get from your teachers is what is actually going to help you even further and get, take you deeper into that journey. Yeah. yeah. And you brought together uh, quite a few teachers for the summit, right? Is there any other teachers you want to share about? I know there's a lot, you don't have to share all of them, but uh, anything <laughs> else you're excited about bringing together with the summit? There's a lot of teachers I'm really excited about and all of them really, they all yeah. mean a lot to me. It's people that I've been inspired by for a long time. Made, some of them have their own podcasts as well. So Amy McDonald is joining us from the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast. Um, Kelly McHugh, which is actually my business coach as well. And she has an amazing podcast. I think it's called The Yogipreneur. Um, who else is joining? There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Annie Ao, which, which is an incredible yin yoga teacher trainer. And she now also focuses on business coaching. Um, Corey Sterling who focuses on everything to do with law and legality. So I think that's really important if you want to start your own business. Let me think. Gora Kerek, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she also has a business podcast. So incredible teacher. Obviously you <laughs> <laughs> with three podcasts. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a great, it's a great offering you put together and a great group you put together. Uh, and it, shows like your sort of drive to create something new. And uh, I think that's a big piece of things that, that not all teachers think about. It's like when we're learning from teachers, we kind of maybe do what they do or do the part that we saw them doing, like teaching classes or teaching workshops, especially coming from the studio of like so many teachers before the pandemic of just okay, well, you go to classes, you learn from a teacher at a studio. So that's what you feel like that's what you should do. And you try to get a job at a studio. And I uh, see a lot of teachers doing that. And then they, especially when they're beginning, they struggle and they feel like, well, there's so many teachers, why would they hire me? Mm. Uh, so this process of people are like more, more fresh out of teacher training. I see a lot of teachers kind of struggle with that, that process. But then there's, like what you're doing is something you know nobody else is really doing this exactly but it's needed and there's an audience and it's in alignment with your history and your uh, desires and intentions that you've had throughout your life so it's kind of bringing it all together uh, so like you mentioned there's like journaling there's belief work uh, that kind of stuff like other things you could recommend to somebody for kind of finding their unique way of teaching maybe it's not classes or YouTube videos, but maybe there's events or programs or offerings and and how people might kind of discover those things within themselves. Yeah, um, I think I think it's always a good idea to have a look at all the passions and interests that you have, because 
anything is possible in combination with yoga. We've seen it all right now. <laughs> there are tons of different events and workshops and styles and there's so many things that we can combine with yoga or yoga can um, benefit something that you're already doing. So maybe have a look at other passions and interests that you have, but also transferable skills. So those are the skills that you've gained in other jobs we can now take into your yoga room or your yoga events or maybe combine to create something that you're very passionate about. And I think that as well keeps you really motivated and passionate about it in the long run, because that means that you're always doing something that you actually really love and that you believe in. So don't be afraid to think outside the box because a lot of people, and especially when I started doing this, doing English and yoga together, they thought, not sure if that's gonna work and I'm telling you it wasn't easy it took me a lot of work but if you believe in it and you know it has is something that has served you or that has worked for you there are other people in this world that also need it because you're never alone we as as humans we've got so many things in common so there's always someone out there that needs exactly that same thing yeah and I think that's where it's really important to remember to focus on the people you're helping and not yeah. focus too much on yourself or overthinking it or uh, getting in your head, but to look around at the people you are helping, you have helped, that you could help with the skills that you have and the, the history you have, like you're saying. And you might think uh, maybe it's it's too narrow. Like how mm. many people are there really in the world who want to learn to improve their yoga, uh, English speaking as teachers, but there's <laughs> just people, right? There's lots of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also not about the quantity of people, but the quality of your work and how you can help them improve their lives. Yeah. Because if I, I look at my work, it's, I, I really don't care about how many people go to the courses but more about how confident and effective they feel and ready to actually do something to teach other people. Because in the end, we're all in this together. We're all sharing yoga. And the more people that can teach as well, the more yoga is practiced around the world. So like I said, there are always people. There are always people that want to do exactly what you're doing. And it might be that in the beginning, it's a little bit harder to find them because it's not something that already exists. But if it's something that you need it, there will be people that need that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see the testimonials on her website for people who've had this, these great experiences working with her and how much it helps. And I think that's one of the things that people don't think about coming into teaching yoga of like how much it builds your confidence and your self-esteem mm -hmm. to be able to step into a room and just talk to a bunch of strangers and know what you're doing. And mm -hmm. the third chakra kind of activation of like your will and your power and your confidence. Uh, that's a really cool side effect that you get from teaching yoga and then learning how to improve that teaching with the kind of stuff that you teach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting and it's, I think, underestimated how much it takes to be a teacher and to show up and to do it as yourself because developing your voice, especially coming out of teacher training 
and um, it doesn't really matter in what language you teach. For many people, it's something completely different to what they've done before. So it takes a lot of courage and a little bit of discipline, but most of all, I think practice and just doing it and remembering your purpose. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, and the confidence really comes through repetition and the more you've done it, and you see the results and you see that students are getting what you're saying, they're not confused and that they're responding to each word you're saying and it's very clear, uh, then you kind of start to see the, like you, you, you talk about on your podcast, some of the particular techniques you can use and things like that, but you see how effective certain things are and like, oh, when I say it this way, it, they do exactly mm -hmm. the thing they find exactly the result that I'm going for. And if I say it this other way, they're confused and they're looking up at me. So you start to narrow that down through practice, through repetition, and then you get that confidence through that experience and, comp and uh, repetition. Uh, so that that's applicable for everybody who's listening who's like already a native English speaker or American. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff on Annie's site in her podcast about this of like how to just improve your teaching as a as a teacher. And I think that's really valuable as well. So I definitely recommend checking that out too, uh, whether you are native or not native English speaker. Uh, so we're going to start to wrap up. Anything you want to share before we finish up here today? Mm, oh, let me think. <laughs> wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for anyone that just starts teaching now, they, they are fresh out of yoga teacher training and they feel like, oh, I'm not, I can't do this or there's too much competition or why would anybody want to hire me? I would say sit down with yourself and think of all the amazing qualities that you have already and what you would absolutely love to share with people that are on a similar journey or are yet to discover yoga and what it is that you can actually share with them and make the, the people that you serve more important than the fears or the insecurities that come up for you to really believe in um, the practice of yoga and the lifestyle of yoga and, and your uh, drive or the motivation or actually what has helped you to improve in your life or to feel better in your body and how you can then transfer it to other people. Make yeah. it the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, very well said. Yeah, it's, and it's, again, bringing the attention to serving other people, yeah. kind of going within uncovering your gifts, your passions, your lessons, your transformation, and then sharing that with others. Very well said. Uh, great. So we're going to start to wrap up. I'll have the links on the show notes for this episode to the summit, where I will be one of the guest teachers there. Very grateful to get to share there. I'll be talking about uh, communication and, and using your voice and, and things like we talked about here. And you can check out Annie's Instagram. What's your Instagram? It's Enga Unite. E N. Is it E? Yeah. E N G J. E N G A. Like English and yoga together. Enga Unite. Um, and we use that name everywhere. So if you're on Facebook or I think we even got TikTok right now, you can use it. Look for it everywhere. 
Great. And I'll be over there. We're going to do an interview after this. So you might be able to see that uh, after you hear this podcast, it should be up. So we're going to talk about the summit more there. Uh, so definitely keep in touch with her there. And thank you, Annie, for being a guest on the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. Thank you so much for having me.